0: Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, doctor of physical therapy, medical analyst at fantasypoints.com. We, after some technical issues, have a very special guest on. Uh, she has a few podcasts that she's on. She is on the Fantasy Debate Podcast. She's got a one-on-one with podcast. She is, is this, this is a podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, this is another podcast of the Steelers and Whiskey Fantasy oh football, no, Steelers
1: that's just whiskey? that's just my the things that I like.
0: <laughs> ah, that's right, that is okay. You're right. Uh, but I should sh-
1: do a podcast that's just stealers and whiskey. I bet <laughs> yes. there's a whole demographic of people that I could talk to about there that.
0: There really is. Um, let's see. So just correct me on any of these, Sam. Um, of
1: course.
0: So the fan, you're basically a part of the family. of The fantasy focused podcast. Uh, she's a co-host of the Odd Couple podcast. She is at Samantha R Holt on the Twitter machines. Go follow her. Sam, thank you so much for bearing with me through this uh, technical these technical difficulties we have had the last two times trying to record. And now you said you're ready to go. You're drinking your White Claw. You're excited. Um, you're ready to go. So how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Absolutely. No, I mean, I've definitely been uh, a privy to plenty of technical difficulties on my podcast. So absolutely no issues. I make the banners that go across ours. And so I've been talking with someone on my one-on-one with podcast and had the wrong banner underneath their name
0: the oh,
1: no. so trust me I, I get it i can empathize i mean i think we're off to a great start we'll be we'll be just fine i'm looking forward yeah, to the
0: worst things have happened oh, so yeah. let's let's start off with a few softballs here um let's talk about steelers You're steelers fan
1: let's do it yeah All i'm right. a steelers fan i have been my whole life it's kind of surprising for a lot of people because i was born and raised in california um but you know it's a I little surprising explain that Yeah, uh, so my dad's a Steelers fan, and you would think, okay, so your dad's from Pittsburgh. No, my dad is from Oxford, England. So when he (laughs) moved to the States, he didn't know anything about football. And so one of his friends in the States was teaching him about it when they were watching a Steelers Raiders game. And so my dad's like, all right, well, they're the same colors as my home club back in Oxford, so I'm going to root for the Steelers. Steelers (laughs) won, and he's like, all right, that's my team. So he's a fan. I'm a loyal fan ever since too born and raised when you're raised with these little shirts that say Steelers, you know, ride or die. They're your team. That's
0: hilarious. Okay. Well tell us how the Steelers are going to overcome Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this year.
1: I would love to tell you that we are not worried about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this year. I would love to tell you that. I would love Mm. to have a magic ball over here and look in and say, you know, when they do go up against each other, the stars will align and the Steelers are going to shine bright. However, I am worried because (laughs) I am loving the growth that I've seen from Lamar Jackson over these last couple of years, every year it feels like we're scratching off a new surface to this guy and his talent and the way that he can utilize his offense and the way that just the whole team steps up year to year. So as a fantasy football fan, that's an offense that I want a lot of, but as a Steelers fan, I'm definitely scared. I think the one thing we do really have going for us is our defense proved last year that they're a top contender as far as keeping us in the running. And as long as we have a healthy offense, I think we're going to really be leaning hard on our defense. So I'm looking forward to, you know, the challenge this year, watching my guys go through it. But I think that our wins are going to be based in those games, specifically on defense and trying to slow down the train that is Lamar Jackson.
0: I don't even know if you, I mean, you'll try to slow it down, I think, but most, most defenses can't. If there's one defense positioned well enough to understand how to maybe go about it, it would definitely be the Steelers. Their defense is legitimate. Uh, I honestly, the coaching job that Tomlin did last year was super impressive. I mean, I think it's, I think it's overstated. At the same time, I think it's, it's understated to a sense, to a degree, because people don't truly understand what he did with Duck Hodges out there. I I mean, Good are rolling
1: Lord. out just bodies onto the field. <laughs> how we could still pull away with a couple wins, a handful here or there, but it was really our defense that stepped up. So yeah. to me, I think it's going to be making sure that everyone's healthy and making sure that our defense knows how to at least weaken and slow Lamar Jackson down so that our offense can catch up. Um, but I feel like there, there's a chance, you know, I'd like to say there's a chance that Absolutely. we pull out that win. I think that based on the new playoff format, we have a great chance of still getting into the playoffs. So, you know, Fingers crossed. Just winging a prayer is yeah. know really... I
0: mean it's you're definitely in position there now that ben, Big Ben's back. Mm-hmm. So you talked about how you are a Steelers fan, right? So that's that one, That one's pretty obvious. Your dad liked the colors from back in the UK. Decided yeah. he's going to be a Steelers fan. Here, here, Sam Hall is now. She's a Steelers fan.
1: How yeah, did you start right? down the
0: path of a fantasy sports analyst, though? Fantasy football analyst specifically.
1: I mean, it's. I feel like it's cliche now to say that this to even go down the path of this story, but uh, I read men, uh, Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life book. And after reading that book, it kind of, you know, if you have read that book, it's a fantastic read. You guys should all read it, but there's a lot in it that speaks to going after a career and a life that is going to make you happiest to the fullest, you know, bring you that fulfilled thing that you needed. And I mean, he, he experiences that through this book, obviously, going through, he was a writer in Hollywood, and then he kind of was always a fantasy football fan. And Then he kind of fell into this career and then molded what he's now made an insane career out of. And we all are working through this huge machine that really he and a couple others built this huge mega machine that we're all in. So to me, after reading that, like it made me reassess my career goals. I actually got a new job after that. And then after you know reading that, getting to be a really big fan of their podcast, I got to join their women's league one year. They have these listener leagues and I was in it once and was able to actually meet with them one year. I went to Connecticut and visited him and field Stefania and Daniel and hung out with them. And they were all such encouraging people that I was like, you know what? I do love fantasy. I've been playing for a couple years. Why not write? I've always enjoyed writing. And so I got an opportunity with um, the fantasy authority to write a couple articles for them. And then after that, I kind of just got into podcasting. Got asked to be on a couple pods, and really, you know, it's just one of those things where I didn't know I would enjoy doing it. I was super nervous. Like, who wants to hear me talk? I have a terrible voice. I hate the sound of my voice. But I'm like, but it was fun. And then I found the guys over at Fantasy Focus, and you know, we kind of made a connection there. And then here we are now, and I cannot stop podcasting. Like, I need to set aside time.
0: To do other <laughs> I did things. notice you're in quite a you're at quite a few podcasts, I and mean, it's impressive though.
1: I did four last week alone. So I'm just like two in one day. I'm just like, I can't, I can't stop. I'm, I'm hooked. And you know, the fantasy community is a super open and welcoming community that I've really enjoyed being a part of and learning a lot about. And fantasy football itself is something that, you know, every year I learn something new, teach myself something new, learn from others in the community and the things that they do. And it's just a really fun and exciting platform. There, There's my ESPN notification. What happened?
0: You got to tell me, breaking, anything special. Uh,
1: Game Don't say the Steelers game.
0: signed an offensive line. Yeah, you.
1: sorry. the The Nuggets won. That's good to know. Thanks, ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it
0: wasn't even football relevant. What the heck? No, I
1: mean, I, I, I love all sports. What can there I you say? Go, so, fair. um, but yeah, it's that's totally something that happens. Like, <laughs> it's funny because I didn't see this path for myself. I I went to college for art. I have an illustration degree. Um, I've always been the artsy one with my friends, and then as my as my very dear friend said, there was like a broification process that I went through, and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm just like I liked sports, and then it was like I way like sports. <laughs>
0: broification, I love that word. That's so yeah. cool, though. That you, I, I see your pin, your pin tweet is you uh, talking to Matthew Barry. I mean, that's super cool. I got to yeah. be honest, though, the the one relationship or dynamic that you have that I'm the most jelly of is the one with Stefania Bell. I mean, she's the OG injury analyst, or she's like a big reason why I do what I do. Um, when I first started listening to their podcast, she was like, honestly, to be honest, she was a reason I started listening to it because I always had a keen interest in injuries, obviously. And she's super cool. I reached out to her on Twitter and I was like, Hey, thanks for being you. Thanks for doing you. Uh, I look up to you. She's super cool. So I'm, if anything, like that's like the one relationship I'm, I mean, obviously Matthew Barry's cool. They're all cool. They're all (laughs) cool people. But as an injury analyst, I think that's super cool that you're able to, uh, you're able to talk to her.
1: Yeah, that was that was a great connection I made with her earlier. I want to say it was, gosh, time has flown in quarantine. But uh, I think it was the end of April, I did a um, fantasy football marathon, an all-women's podcast um, with Michelle Majuk of the Ball Blast podcast. Her and I tackled it and had a bunch of amazing women from the industry on. And Stefania was one of them. And I had her on at the same time as Melissa Jacobs. And what I love most about Stefania is her ability to take – and when she's talking, you can – you just see the like the wheels working in her brain she's so incredibly brilliant and smart but the way that she explains stuff in a way that you know all of us like you know degenerates that aren't as smart can totally like keep up and then appreciate and then take this analysis and really put it into our leagues and take those tidbits and those notes and make educated decisions on the players that we draft she's I mean she's a huge idol of mine and I agree with you she's absolutely brilliant I mean She's fantastic. She's super cool. She's so nice.
0: Absolutely. So are you though. I mean, you're super cool too. So let's not, let's not pass on that. So you did mention that you had the, the all women's sports sort of palooza, right? Mm -hmm. That was cool. Um, I listened to some of that. I was, I was during, I was still in, in a clinical though. I couldn't listen to the whole thing, but can you talk about being a m- women in sports media? Like, why is it different for somebody like me? Like, why is it such a sausage fest? Like, how can we stop it being from such a sausage fest? Like, talk to me about being a woman in sports media.
1: It's interesting because I feel like, I mean, maybe this speaks more to my, how I grew up in the family that I did. My family is a big sports family. They've always been big fans of sports. Now, I would love to say that that also meant I was good at sports growing up. However, I was not. That was not my purview. Again, I mentioned earlier I was an art major, so I can draw, but when it comes to you know hand-eye coordination relative to a ball, it's kind of a misconnection for me. <laughs> but my brother was a really good athlete growing up, and so thanks to him being in literally every sport but football, because he was my parents were worried about him getting hurt, he was in everything else. So I got to go and watch him play. He did track. He did basketball. He did um, karate. He did baseball. He did soccer he's actually on the men's national field hockey team for the United States now. So he's just at that level of athlete that, um, you know, I, I greatly admire. And I think my whole family, because we're so competitive, we have this different, Gene in us. And so when I go on places like Twitter, and I'm in the fantasy community, I see like minded people like minded women that are also these crazy competitive people that just love sports and just love them for all the different amazing reasons that I love them. It's a fun connection to make with people because I don't always get that experience with other women. But I feel like it's more also like You know, you find a kinship with different people. Um, Gender aside, you find this, oh, we both love this. And then you can connect and find that connection and help that grow. So I think more it's just looking at it more of a global view of the different ways we all appreciate sports. Not just football, but all of them across the board, and how we can uplift each other, as well as you know, admire these athletes that we clearly admire, and we have such a passion for what they do because it gives us this competitive spirit to follow them and cheer them on. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to cheer on someone that I'm literally I'm never gonna meet Juju Smith-Schuster and get to say, "Dude, that catch was amazing." Like I'm not gonna get to say that, but to be able to wear his jersey in the stand and cheer and turn to my right or left and see a man or a woman or anyone and say like, we're both just so excited to be watching this amazing athlete and this amazing person do what they do with their talent. I think it's a really awesome thing. It was probably a way longer winded answer to that question. No, that was a
0: good, that was a good way to answer it. Basically you're talking about, it sounds like you're talking about a sense of unity regardless of gender or anything else, just using sports as a true outlet. Um, I think that it's often overstated but now especially with everything going on in the in this country I think it's something that we can take advantage of so I, I like that answer a lot I really like Thank it a lot
1: Yeah no I think that's what the most important thing is like I mean, you know, you always have those fans that are, you know, that team sucks because they just suck. Like, okay, I can be biased and hate the Browns because I'm a Steelers fan. I can, and I do, and I'm just like, oh, they suck. But I can say that in passing casual conversation. But when I look at what all of these players do and, you know, you watch them grow up and maybe because I have that connection watching my brother grow up, work so hard for his sport and then get to his level, I have this appreciation where I know how much work goes in. And the hours that none of us see, you know, studying that film, studying that tape, just running drills on your own in the back until it's so dark out, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So I have such a huge respect for these players and, you know, across all sports, I think that it's the other thing too, is like, you know, individual sports, you got tennis, you got golf. And like, I mean, there's so many things for everyone, but also just an equal appreciation to me for all the work that goes into something that, you know, you have the tiniest percent chance of becoming that professional elite level i mean you know how many kids go into football in high school okay what percent of those each gets in the nfl i'm not good at math i'm not going to try to be but it's a small amount so just to know that those kids continue to try and push through i think that's what we all forget and as you know it doesn't matter if i'm a woman saying that i think oh the Steelers' offense is going to be the most high-powered offense this year, and it's going to be top five, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. And if someone goes and says, "Well, you don't know anything because you're a woman," it's like, "I think I know enough because I'm a fan and I love things, and we're just being positive here." So,
0: absolutely, yeah, I think that there's there's too much of that that goes on. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you, the people, the eggs on Twitter who are the most critical of of women giving opinions are like no more qualified in any way, shape or form than any exactly. woman has ever had an opinion ever. And they're just on Twitter behind their John Smith one, two, three account and it's just ridiculous, so.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that you referenced that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I think that- um, What
0: are you talking about? What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I don't know, like that happens? I know, we make burner accounts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing, I can guess and say anything and we can have all the numbers and all the analytics, but we're not gonna be able to predict what next week is going to look like? Right. I mean, we're all just playing the same guessing game. We're making educated guesses to the best of our possible ability. We're making educated guesses, but we can't, you know, perfectly predict injuries. We can't perfectly predict, you know, different circumstances that cause a team to lose, win, whatever, draw, tie. How many ties did we have last year? That was crazy.
0: Yeah, that was nuts. Um,
1: right. So, you know, at the same time, I think that there's just there needs to be an equal level of respect for just having the courage to have that voice and like have an opinion and to put whatever time you do into making that opinion. Um, So I think it's more just about, Hey, we're all, we're all just a fan and that's why we're so passionate. So let's Mm -hmm. just focus on that and um, let the differences just be bygones, be bygones.
0: Absolutely. So you'd mentioned, you know, giving, giving opinions, trying to predict in the future, you know, differences in opinion. What do you think, is the one mistake what's the one mistake that you that you make that you see fantasy football players make most often that you makes you just like shake your head like want to pull your hair out one of the biggest mistakes or maybe it's a few maybe it's it's a handful of them
1: um I think that there's some mistakes and I think this time of year I mean we got to kind of put COVID aside here but right now what we're hearing a lot of is a lot of these you know reports saying oh so and so looks really great they're getting a lot of you know time with the ones they're getting a lot of time here like oh they showed out really great i think all of these kind of you know stories that are coming out it's they're just there's smoke but there's no fire like i think a lot of people will immediately get on hype trains too quickly and i've been guilty of it as well i mean there was a year that i drafted pharaoh cooper and why would wow. I do that? Because I went to training <laughs> camp and I saw him make a catch that I thought was really, really good. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: That's fair. Clearly,
1: he's going to be a thing. No, like we all make mistakes. But um, <laughs> I think it's more just about, you know, you can't just say, how do I put this? You can't just, based on the hype of one story, discount the year previous and all the statistics that we already know that that other player got. Just because someone else is showing out, that's awesome. You keep their name written down for waiver weeks. That's what you do. You don't go out of your way to draft necessarily some of these dart throw players.
0: So temper your expectations it sounds like to be what you would say, Yeah,
1: I would say mostly just temper expectations. Um, You know, we can't, you can't go and say, oh, I mean, I'm a fan of Brandon Ayuk. I think he has a great opportunity there with the Niners. However, I also know what his floor is. I'm not expecting him to get 1,000 yards. Now, that's because they're a huge run-heavy team, and I already know the way that they play. He's kind of already capped. Like, we know what he's going to be. He could show out, and something crazy could happen. Like, sure. But I'm going to also know what the team normally does and not expect something outside of what I've seen before.
0: Who else do you like? You like Brain Are uh, you? Who's another rookie? We'll let's die. let's stay with the rookies. Because it's uh, a year that you mentioned COVID, right? And it's hard to different. this year. It is difficult to say like that we know any more than we do any other previous season. We obviously know less. Yeah. But when it comes to rookies specifically, um, I have heard Graham uh, Barfield say that he is trying to avoid rookies this year more so than other season other seasons because of the lack of preparation and, and just the time around the team. But are there any rookies that you're specifically looking at where you're like, don't care, gonna take them in the sixth, seventh or whatever it is?
1: Well, I think that the big buzz names are still players that, you know, you can draft um, in redraft and I think see success. So like Clyde edwards E'Laire, I think is someone that is going to see success because he obviously has that job right now, you know, um, with Williams who opted out. So I think that that's an immediate, yes, obviously he's top of, towards the top of your list. And because this is a year, especially where I'm going, running back heavy early, he's someone that I would love to be able to land where I can. I have not been able to land him yet, though, in all of my drafts. And I'm in about 10 leagues so far. So I cannot seem to land him, but maybe I will. Um,
0: so, let hold on. I'm going to interrupt you just a second. No, yeah. I want you to explain, please, because I think a lot of people are saying running back heavy this year. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Why?
1: I think what what's most important about running back heavy this year is just because the receiver pool is so deep that you could wait at that position and still get great value later on. Um, And that's really what I think running back heavy to me focuses on is just that the other skill position that you obviously rely on so heavily in PPR, you can still have amazing output drafting a wide receiver in the, I mean, if you went running back, running back, and then went receiver, you could do that. Um, I've gone running back, quarterback, running back in a couple of my leagues and really loved who I ended up with at my receiver position in that fourth and fifth round. Um, It's just because of opportunity and volume for those players. I think that the floor is higher for those points. And because running backs, obviously, you know, it's just one of those positions that tends to be a little bit more injury-prone um but also there's a lot of things that can break you can't wrong use for you that phrase
0: around here what are you doing just kidding. <laughs> continue
1: yes so to me like that's why i would say i'd rather get at least two elite running backs this year especially because you know i mean you have to think about covid because if any one of these players gets it that one week you want to make sure you have an amazing player right behind them and it's because once you go past those first two really three rounds then the drop-off for floor is so much harder for that position, and that's why I would push more for running back early this year. Um, Dynasty leagues especially, I think you can still think about rookies. Um, back on them really quick, but uh, redraft, I think Clyde edwards lair, especially with running back heavy, he's someone that d- doesn't really matter the format. I mean, if you can get him, that's a great get.
0: Absolutely. And I happen to agree. I'm nodding my head the entire time that you're talking. I just think that some people, I've seen some people on Twitter ask why that's the case and, and be like, you know, what are you talking about? Why running back heavy? Why not zero RB? The whole debate, the yearly zero RB debate happens every year. Sure. Um, that and lacks I've it every lots. year it
1: changes, you know, like the right. league is constantly changing and now you've got people that say that players like Ben are dinosaurs and that's because they're not these mobile quarterbacks which is completely how the position is changing I completely see how in a couple years we will only have high mobile quarterbacks and all of our fantasy teams will have insane points because of these floors from rushing I get it but that's I think a slower role to get to versus these next level running backs that are not just you know the handoff grinded out players these are very dynamic running backs that are huge weapons in the passing game and for ppr format specifically for fantasy that's a that's an asset that you definitely want on your team
0: absolutely so you've played the name game before right you know what the name game is from the fantasy focus podcast. I do. I do
1: know the name game. Yeah. Okay. So, I hope I can remember my names after having I was gonna say, to for this white
0: claw. <laughs> I'm ripping them off. I'm calling I'm calling mine the draw the line game, but I want you to give one player at each position that you love this year. Quarterback running back wide receiver tight end. We can go down the line like that. Even if you have a kicker, we'll throw in a kicker because you know what kickers matter, but we can start with quarterback. We'll start with quarterback. I want to hear your breakdown, your why, why you love them. And then we can move on and I'll play a little bit of a, a draw the line game.
1: Alrighty. Um, okay. So quarterback, I love this year was tough. I mean, I think I hate saying this very talked about them a little bit, but I do love Lamar Jackson this year. I feel like he's already shown, you know, after year one, the question was, but can he throw and year two? Yeah, he can throw. And I think that there's a lot to be said about the weapons that they have there and the new ways that they're utilizing him in the offense. So I don't see him towing anytime soon. So, in fantasy, you want a player that's continuing on the up and up. I don't think we've reached his ceiling yet. And I'd much rather be on the side of getting those points than being up against those points.
0: That's a tough one for me to play the name game with because I don't really think, I mean, Mahomes, right? That's probably the next dude where you're like, you know, Lamar Jackson or Mahomes. So, mm-hmm. instead of the name game, I want you now to flip, please. I'll, I'll use my manners, please flip the argument. And make the case against Lamar Jackson.
1: That's hard against Lamar Jackson. Okay, I could say that the only reason I would really be against Lamar Jackson because I cannot, I'm not gonna try and knock his skill set at all. But I think for his ADP, you could get a bet you could get, I'm not gonna say better. I caught myself, you could get a good quarterback later in a draft and end up with higher skill positions early in a draft. So to me. I mean, if, it, if you're in a startup dynasty league, I'm going to say get Lamar Jackson when you can because he's still young. You're still going to get a lot out of him. Um, but in redraft, I think you can wait at the position and get someone else and be just as fine and have amazing skill positions to rotate in. Um, and I think that that's probably why I wouldn't get him is in redraft, you can wait at the position. But that's dynasty, fair. I would much rather have uh, Jackson for a long haul.
0: Absolutely. What about running back? Who's who's running back you love this year?
1: Um... Running back, I love this year.
0: Maybe going underlooked. I don't know, depending, or maybe just someone you love and you okay. like want to make the extra case for them.
1: Sure, I'm gonna go with David Johnson in here, and that's because I feel like he got the short end of the stick last year. Like, there's been a lot of, you know, he's had a rough goings, you know, injuries and getting just completely missing the bus for games last year. Like we just didn't even see him. Like they just completely shunned him into the corner. And this poor guy, I still think has a lot of talent. I think that Deshaun Watson is an exceedingly talented quarterback. That's going to be looking for another passing weapon and I think that David Johnson has those skills to be that receiver for him, to get open, dink and dunk. We know that Watson can complete a pass when he's getting kicked in the eye. So I think he is going to have a lot of ways to show out David Johnson and actually get him to be this level of running back that we really want to see out of him. So what I'm you, excited what, for his potential.
0: What, uh, where do you see him finishing 2020?
1: I can say top 10.
0: Ooh. Top 10. top 10. Okay. What I if feel I like the top
1: t- ten is not crazy.
0: What if I told you no running back over the age of 28 has ever had in the NFL? Well, okay. Let me put it Let me, let me back up from 2004 to 2014, right? Sample of 275 running backs. None of the running back, none of those running backs who had at least 150 carries were over the age of 28 and David Johnson's 29. Does that change your mind at all?
1: No. I feel like, you know, if anything, he's got freshness from having not played last year. So just put one more year back in his favor.
0: What if I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can, if I can rattle you. Okay. Cause I I need to, cause we have, we have differing opinions on this.
1: That's fine. And I mean, you're probably even better at this too, because with your background, you know, based on his injuries, I probably shouldn't be hanging my hat on him, but I'm just, No,
0: I respect your opinion. That's why I want to get your thoughts on it. Sure. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's a tweet I had out. Um, so top running backs by age in 2019. So granted, small sample size. RB1 through 5, 24 years old, 4 months. 6 through 10, 24 years and 8 months. Uh, RB11 through 15, 24 years old. 16 to 20, 24 years and 7 months. RB21 to 24, 25 years and 4 months. Do you think David Johnson... Oh, and the, and the, the standard deviations are pretty watertight. Once you get to running back... 11 through 15, then the standard deviation is is pretty big, like at two. So basically you can be between 22 and 26 when you're RB 11 through 15. Moral of the story here, they're all basically under the age of 26. Do you think David Johnson can buck that trend this year?
1: Yeah, I think he can. I, and I my confidence in that really goes towards Deshaun Watson and his capabilities about utilizing his weapons and I think that that is really the most testament if he had gone to another team I probably wouldn't be saying this I'd be like ah it's going to be a wing and a prayer but Deshaun Watson's a make it happen quarterback so if I'm going to have confidence in a resurgence of anyone's career it's going to be Watson coupled with David Johnson
0: cool so would you take David Johnson or I'll give you another contra- another guy that's been in the headlines Todd Gurley
1: you know, I was going to say I really like him, too. I was going back and forth between Johnson and Gurley. I like both of them. I think that Gurley has a really big opportunity with Atlanta, and I think that I love a player when they're happy. And we can tell Todd Gurley is really happy to be there. He's really excited to be in this offense and be fully utilized. Um, I I definitely took That's Gurley. That's a tough in a one
0: for you, AD. huh? I know. This is tough. <laughs> well,
1: cause I'm trying tough. Well, because I'm going back and forth, like, who you want, and this is if you're drafting them ADP. I think that – I could wait and get David Johnson, or in the second round I can get Todd Gurley. So it just depends on who I took in that first round. But okay. it is it is pretty darn close. Um, if I decided to wait on Gurley or he slipped, I wouldn't be pissed, and I would just go ahead and take David Johnson.
0: David Johnson or Leonard Fournette.
1: David Johnson.
0: David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell.
1: I uh I'm gonna say David Johnson because I feel like Le'Veon Bell has has really hit his ceiling with the Jets and I'm it's kind of an offense that I mean I kind of know what he's going to be and I just want the potential for the show out so I'm gonna go with Johnson on that
0: nice okay last one David Johnson or your boy James Conner.
1: I knew you were gonna do that one next I knew it um I'm gonna I'm gonna go David Johnson.
0: Man, you are high on David Johnson. I might I'm have to start drafting him. him more often.
1: You know, if he felt if, it depends on where I'm at, and if he falls to me in the draft, I would love to have James Conner and I think he's gonna have a great year. But again, I think really this mostly just speaks to the weapons availability for the Texans. And though I think that it's helpful to have Brandon Cooks there, I don't see him getting DeAndre Hopkins numbers. I think that someone else is going to be a big beneficiary of those targets, and I believe that's gonna be David Johnson.
0: That's totally fair. How about a wide receiver?
1: over david johnson no oh, sorry receiver. i meant moving on to, to a wide like, receiver i was like we've talked so much that about was david bad johnson. podcast
0: hosting i just said wide receiver my bad sorry no moving on to a wide receiver that you love
1: a wide receiver that i love um this is tough I'm Or tight end. The- if a
0: tight end jumps into your head we can do that too first
1: um no no that's okay i think that um i'm gonna say two wide receivers um that i like and that's because i feel like I'm seeing one go over the other, and I don't think that that's fair. I think that Cooper Cup is getting lost in translation, and I though I love what Robert Woods did last year, and he's the other wide receiver I like, I think it's a bit blasphemous to take, you know, Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. And, I mean, I see them going back to back in a lot of drafts, so they're going pretty close. But I think that when you look at targets, and I think when you look at those yards' volume, I think that I would, if I had to pick between the two and I'm drafting, I'm taking Cup before I'm taking Woods. Um, I love both of them and that's, those are two players that I think you can get that are going to have a really high floor for points, um, if you wait at the position. So there's, th- those are guys you can get, um, third, fourth round, depending in some leagues if they're, you know, if super flex quarterbacks are going to go early and you can easily get them in the fourth, you even see them go in the fifth round in some leagues. So I think it just depends obviously on your league format, but those are two wide receivers that I think that you're missing out if you're not grabbing them.
0: Okay. Cooper cup or AJ Brown.
1: You know, I feel like, I understand there's a lot of love for A.J. Brown. I get it. I get it. But I feel like I want to go with Cooper Cup there. I mean, it doesn't mean I hate A.J. Brown. It doesn't. Yes, mean-
0: it does. No, it does. You absolutely hate A.J. Brown. So we'll let everybody know Sam Holt hates A.J. Brown. Uh, moving on, Cooper Cup or DJ Chark?
1: Oh. Cooper Cup.
0: Cooper Cup or Calvin Ridley? Uh for the listeners I, we're on so we're on zoom right or what are we, yeah we're on zoom and i'm watching her like wheels turn struggle. and she's really really struggling with some of these and it's it's fun to make her slut like this because you yeah. can tell that these are like really hard decisions for her so sorry these continue. Are tough
1: decisions um, i guess i guess i would say kellen ridley but
0: you guess you don't love it
1: <laughs> i don't love it i don't love it i would rather i mean going with my heart i'd rather have cooper cup
0: that's fine. One more. Cooper Cup or one Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Cooper Cup. I don't Oof. want the of Odell oh. Beckham. I'm sorry. Breaking but, my
0: heart. Uh, Breaking my heart. He,
1: he is someone that has, you know, burned a few too many bridges for me. And I need <laughs> to see it again before I can trust. When you burn someone too many times, you want to, you know, reinstill trust in them. And I just, I'm sorry. Odell, oh, I think you're a fantastic human. Sure. Love you. But I bro you just gotta win my trust back i'm not not there
0: (laughs) that's fine that's totally Fantasy football
1: is an emotional thing for me and you know actually i
0: do want i do want to ask you one more though
1: okay
0: cooper cup or marquise brown Um, there's a right answer here just so you know there there's a right answer oh there's a right answer yeah yeah, right, right right i pretty much unilaterally decided so
1: I'm going to say Cooper Cup because I feel like. Um... And though I did take Marquise Brown in a couple of leagues, I do love nice. him and I feel like he's going to have a lot of, you know, great work there with the Ravens. Again, one more reason for my Steelers to sweat. Um, but I kind of feel like he's nearing his plateau as far as potential points there. And I feel like Cooper cup, you know, has a bit higher floor just because Goff throws it so damn much. And they're, they seriously air raid that offense and that they have to in a lot of situations. So I feel like because of that, I have to still go with that.
0: That's totally fair. I think Marquise Brown is a bit more of a risk-reward guy, whereas you know what you're getting with Cooper Cup. I can totally say exactly.
1: that. Exactly. He's, he's, he's my safety blanket. I would say Cooper Cup is a safety blanket. Same Absolutely. with Robert Woods, just because their floors are so high with that offense.
0: Moving on to tight ends now. Who's a tight end you love?
1: Um, all right. Well, a tight end I love, and I think that I've already beat the drum quite a lot for Tyler Higby, but this is an offense that – I mean, if you look at the stats – And I wrote one of my first fantasy football articles was on Tyler Higby and me saying, this is going to be, this is like the next Rob Gronkowski. This guy is going to be the next big thing. His stats are amazing. He's a huge guy. Like just his athleticism, he's there. And it was me just grinding away, just waiting, biding my time. He's going to, he's going to hit, he's going to hit every year. This is his year. And then finally he hits last year. And it happened to be when I didn't have him on any of my teams. That's brutal. Yeah. But I still knew I'm like, it's gonna happen, and obviously, the way that the offense is shifted there, it's gonna be a, to me. It's gonna be a full running back by committee. I don't think there's gonna be a show out running back there that you're gonna be able to hang your hat on every week to be the number one running back. And I feel like they've really hit the perfect mix there with Woods, Cup, and Higby being these huge, you know, air raid threats for them. And I feel like, I mean, if you if you follow the guys on Instagram, you know that Goff and Higby are besties. You know they hang out all the time. <laughs> They're always going to the same sushi spot together. Um, I believe their girlfriends are friends. I think, or I think that maybe he could be single and he's just. Out they have timeshare
0: together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. they have
1: a tonsure together in the Poconos. They're always celebrating <laughs> funny things together. And,
0: where? You know, okay, timeout. Where is the Poconos? Please tell me where that is.
1: The Poconos isn't that. Um, that's on the East Coast. It's always a reference that I hear on Friends and different things like that. So. Uh, never, <laughs> Let yeah. me. Okay. It's like one of those timesharey places. It's got like the. Like the heart, jacuzzi tubs, you know, it's like... Uh, the
0: Poconos Mountains, or Poconos, encompass forested peaks, lakes, and valleys in the U.S. state of Pennsylvania.
1: There On the go.
0: eastern edge is the bird-rich Delaware water gap, with river beaches and recreational activities. Trails and bridges connect the waterfalls or nearby Bushkill Falls. Resorts Resorts dot the area, many with ski runs and water parks. Boat launches offer access to fishing in Lake Wallen Pooh uh, pack to the north. So there you go. There's your Poconos mountain um, little breakdown there. They have a timeshare in Poconos. That's, I just need to know yeah, what that
1: was. They do. They do. They have a timeshare there. I'm sure they've got one in Cancun as well. Um, but yeah, no, they're, I think that you love any time that you see a quarterback in uh, receiving threat as like having that type of connection. And they really do. Um, so I think, and they obviously just paid him a ton. The guy got paid, you know, they're not paying him to You know, fill in on the side and keep the bench warm, he's going to be working. So I feel like he's someone that, you know, is sliding in drafts, and that's fine. Let him slide. You can grab him late and still get a top um, tier tight end. I think it was, I'm going to feel so bad if I get this wrong. I believe, I think it was Cynthia Freeland that posted something about tight ends, about how the last, oh, no, no, wait. It was Liz Loza. She posted, about tight ends over the last couple of years and the surgence in points and average points per tight end. And I think it was 10 tight ends last year had 10 points, average 10 points per fantasy game. And that's a like high over the last couple of years. And I feel like if we're just going to continue to see this big flux in points for tight ends. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's someone I would love to have on my team if I can. And I just traded for him in my dynasty. League.
0: Nice. Get it. Get All it. right. Well, Tyler Higby or Jared Cook.
1: Um, Tyler Higby.
0: Tyler Higby or Rob Gronkowski.
1: I mean, I'm going to go Tyler Higby still because I think that Gronk is going to be a a big play guy. I'm not going to say that, you know, he's not going to catch a couple touchdowns. But last season that he was with the league, he had three touchdowns.
0: Not so very much.
1: Yeah. I think that we're going to see a couple big plays out of him. There's going to be some moments he's back, you know, he does some sort of WWE dance <laughs> end zone. I think we're going to have those, but I think for consistency every week, I think we're going to, you'd rather have Higby on your team.
0: That's fair. Tyler Higby or Noah Fant?
1: Um, I'm going to say Tyler Higby.
0: Tyler Higby or Hunter Henry?
1: I am. I do like Hunter Henry in a lot of leagues because I feel like he's going to be very used a lot with the Chargers as far as, you know, his skill set and breaking out there. Um, Sorry, I just sneezed. Um, Bless you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But I would still rather have Tyler Higbee.
0: Tyler Higbee or Hayden Hurst?
1: Uh probably Hayden Hurst. That's
0: probably my line. Ooh, there's a the line there. We found yeah. it. I mean, that's pretty good though. I mean, I think I, I like Tiger Higby, Tyler Higby a lot too. Um, him and him and Jared Goff are best friends. And I think that it's going to be a pretty good year for Tyler Higby. Yep. Sam, this has been fun. You're super passionate, super good at what you do. Super fun to talk to. You know where the Poconos are. Really appreciate that. I had no idea. I, you learn something new every day. And I got to tell you, that's the fact that I learned today is that the Poconos exists and it's in Pennsylvania. I mean, it's a good vacation spot. So thank you for coming on. But before you go, here on the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast, we give out Band-Aids of advice. Basically, just a small piece of advice you can have, fantasy football related or otherwise. Some of the best advice we've had on here, actually, somebody said their, their Band-Aid of advice was, it was actually Jules McLean. Her Band-Aid of advice was uh, start a retirement account early. <laughs> so it can, be, it can range from anything from fantasy football to retirement accounts. What do you have?
1: A Band-Aid of advice um, I would say if you, and, and this is going to kind of go back to me getting this start with fantasy football, which is something I never thought I would do, um, but I would say if you have a passion for something and there's something that you've been wanting to try, the only reason and the only thing that's going to keep you from doing that is yourself. So I think that you need to take risks if you have an interest or a love or a passion or you want to try something new. I think that you absolutely just need to go for it and try it just because you're the only regret you're going to have is not having tried it and looking back and saying, I wish I'd done blank when I should have. That was a great opportunity. So I would say don't miss out on opportunities for fear. Um, know that the only negative that's going to happen is literally if you didn't do it, that's the only bad thing that's going to happen. I mean, you just got to try. And if you have a passion for something, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying and failing. At least you tried. Um, but I think that don't let your fear of failure keep you from success.
0: Absolutely. I love that a lot. That's some of the best advice we've gotten. So at Samantha R. Holt on Twitter, go follow her. Where else, where else do you want people to look for you?
1: Sure. You guys can check me out on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. That'd be great. I'm on Instagram at Sam underscore awesome. If you want to head over to Fantasy Focused, we're on YouTube. Or if you want to look for the Fantasy Debate on uh, Spotify, give us a like. We always appreciate it. Um, we did start a new podcast, me and Matt Bucks from Fantasy Focused. He and I actually started um, a movie podcast about uh, romantic comedies. So we break down romantic comedies. Rom-coms, yes. One movie at a time, which is super fun. It's called The Odd Couple Pod. You can find it on Spotify now. We have one first episode up. So if you'd like to check that out, it's Notting Hill. So if you hadn't seen it, go see it before you listen because it's nothing but spoilers on that podcast. And That's there's fun. a lot of cursing.
0: <laughs> That's totally, I think you made it through without cursing on this. I mean, I, I cuss on my podcast podcast all the time.
1: I held it together. You did,
0: good job. Even through that one white claw. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Sam. Again, make sure you follow her on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. Uh, get to know her get to follow her. Um, this has been great. Thanks for listening. Make sure you give us a rate a re- and a review. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time.